And a big warm welcome to Big Life Conversation. You're with Nicole and hopefully Barbara very shortly uh, today on the lovely Monday, the 7th of November. It is a lovely day. Well, it was a lovely day when I left my car moments ago, but I believe there is a cool change coming. So just to follow on from our news, the weather was uh, supposed to be a low of 13 and a high of 25, but my car was actually saying 27 and above on my way here. Obviously, a chance of showers. You can probably see the dark sky at the moment. Uh, So very high UV radiation out there at the moment and also a bit of wet weather coming but we're not uh, we're not unfamiliar with that at the moment so uh, we've got a big show for you today lots to uh, talk about and um, two wonderful guests which are friends of the show that were back again with us at 4.30 we've got Jess Belangzatagi joining us who is our media guru who likes to talk to us about all things movies and streaming services and um, we always have a little chat around some horror um, type themes that come in at the time so we're looking forward to having her regular monthly update which is fabulous Uh, and then after five o'clock we have our friend of the show also Kapi Nambia from Nambia Hog Family Law and Kapi always has some really interesting topics to share with us around all aspects of family law. Um, We've talked about everything from um, family violence, separation and um, just managing your conversations with your lawyer and and efficiencies there as well. So that has been um, quite interesting and I'm sure she's got some great topics to talk to us about today. And as always, we have our nutrition news. I've got a little bit of science nutrition news coming up and also some nutrition tips, a recipe at the end of the show. And Barbara always has some wonderful entertainment news for us as well. Um, Before we get into the content today, I also want to thank the wonderful Nigel Loveday for his lovely easy listening. I love the 60s bracket in particular today Um, and uh, I love the little theme sounds um, of our lives. So um, thank you, Nigel, for a great show as always. But you are on Big Life Conversation. It is 14 minutes past the hour and you're with us till six o'clock today. Normally we start with a, a few little birthdays and a bit of a rundown on some key dates, which we will do shortly. Um, but I want to shout out to uh, a colleague of mine, Meredith, who might be listening in for the first time, um, and also to Sally, a, a regular listener of mine, and a shout out to my mum, who's got a very sore back at the moment. Hope you're feeling better, mum, and had a good night's sleep. Uh, we'll have another tune before we get into the thicker things. If your Monday's been a little bit manic, this might be one for you. Manic Monday by the Bengals. Oh, forgot to mention, we obviously had Lovely Day by Bill Withers, which is a nice cruisy one to get into your Monday afternoon. And that was the wonderful uh, Manic Monday by the Bengals, an oldie but a goodie. And um, after all this time, by all day, you're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. It is 22 minutes past four o'clock and uh, hopefully you're enjoying this balmy weather, although a big 
thunderstorm is about to happen um, out there. But Barbara, how are you? Thank you. Speaking of thunderstorms, thank you, Nicole. I have survived a, a sort of a minor bit of flooding around Dining Road area. Oh. And um, actually, that segues nicely into um, what gets up my nose, perhaps it may be a little bit late. Because <laughs> ah. that's a road that is constantly flooding. And it, it, is. it is. It is very Why low. Is it still a problem? Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, no, yeah, but uh, we can't go into the details later. But thank you, Nicole. And you're looking very glam in your orange and your green. We are very bright today. We have bought the spring colours in <laughs> because it's been spring racing. We've had a long weekend with off, so yes. we're a little bit, you know, refreshed. And <laughs> and I thought with the sunshine today, I just wanted to wear something more bright. Yes. A little bit more bright and cheerful. Indeed. So um, we have got our, our bright colours on today. Um, did you have a good long weekend? Well, um, it was productive. I had my fourth um, injection. Oh, uh, yes. So from that point of view, not excited. That's not so much fun. <laughs> but it had to be done and I'm glad I had it done. I just wish that I'd be able to get the... I've got the Pfizer. Yes. As uh, a friend of mine who's a scientific person said, better any other vaccine than no vaccine. I was hoping to hang out for the one that's supposed to be, uh, you know, a bit the more new. versatile. Yes. Yes, you probably heard about that one. And that's hard to get. So anyway, so I got the Pfizer and just apart from a sore arm and a little bit of fatigue, nothing too serious. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's good. Uh, yes. And um, got my tax done and all those oh. mundane, practical things that had to be done. But I'm not excited, but I'm glad I got them out of the way. So. It's nice to have those yes. things done by the end of the year. Yes. I'm still doing mine, so I am envious of that. <laughs> uh, and I've got, you know, business tax as well as oh, personal yeah, tax. Yes, and yes. I don't like getting my tax oh, done. I'm not good at that. There's I'll no, there's no, there's no return in my, <laughs> in my eyes. But my husband's always like, let's get our tax done. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a painful process. Or a bit, a bit, yeah, but it's a bit tedious. But yeah, as you said, one of those things that people keep on putting off and keep on putting off. Um, but yeah, so that, so I was proud of myself from that point of view. But yes, uh, and I saw a cute little, that cute little production, uh, Urine Town at um, oh, Chapel that's of Chapel. Right, <laughs> you were talking about yes. that one when we last were that's in. Right. So that was uh, that was a bit of fun. Um, yeah, so thank you for asking. Yes, and we should be talking with Jess about some uh, a movie that I caught on Netflix too. Actually, ooh, uh, you might have heard about the Good Nurse. Yes. Have you seen it? No. No. Well, if if that's a good nurse, I'd hate to see a bad nurse. Ooh, (laughs) okay. But but there is a good nurse in it. uh, But the the film is actually about a person who's not such a good nurse. Um, The um, perpetrator of some disturbing crimes is what I'm going to say. Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of productions, we do know that the Mad Woman monologues start. um, And it's all this week Mm. happening and uh, from Baggage Productions. And they are being presented at the Butterfly Club. And we have an offer for our listeners. And so if you are listening in, there is an opportunity to get four double passes um, to both the... Uh, early and evening later uh, shows. They're not. They're both in the evening, um, and it's actually night? that is for the Tuesday night. Yes, so for the Tuesday night, which is tomorrow night, mm-hmm. you need to email info i n f o at baggage productions dot com. Uh, let me just check whether that's dot com. It is just dot com, um, and so. Info at baggageproductions.com and you can have a double pass to the Mad Woman monologues. It's a very generous so offer. Thank it is you. a very generous offer by friend of the show, Bridget mm. Burton. So if you would like those tickets, you need to email and put in the email Big Life so they know it's come from Big Life Conversations. So put Big Life in your email email. Um, 
information, so your actual subject matter, and uh, therefore the first in will get the tickets. So um, let us know how you go. I would looking forward to um, seeing whether we um, whether we've got some takers on that one. Mm. I would love to go, but I am working that yes, evening. Likewise, Nicole. Uh, so yes. I'm going to get along to a later date. I think the Saturday night is booked out already. Oh, really? They're so they're getting booked out mm. very, very You've quickly. Got to be quick. So um, yeah. this is a very generous offer. So hopefully yes. you can um, get into those tickets. So get emailing now. Mm. Thanks a lot, um, Baggage Productions. It is very, very, very nice in, in particular. All right. So we do have a couple of Awesome guests coming up. As I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, we have Jess Belangzatagi, who is our cinema screen guru, um, professor at um, Swinburne in all things. Well, she loves all things to do with screen, really. <laughs> and she talks to us about even the streaming services as well as yes. movies and, and all sorts of things and particular themes as she talks about as we do that. Right. And she will be coming up next in just a few minutes. Um, but before that, we'll have a little message from our sponsors. Go to a tune and hopefully be back with Jess. Uh, it is 27 minutes past four. You're on Big Life Conversation at 94.1 FM. Nicole and Barbara. Such a wonderful oldie, but a goodie. And a very apt choice. Well done for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you wish you you weren't taking the weather with you. (laughs) No. Mm. Yes, we wish we weren't taking the weather with us, but uh, it is a little bit cloudy and stormy. with uh, outside there, and before that we had "Everybody Rise" by Amy Shark, and obviously "Weather with You" by Crowded House. Uh, wonderful one there, oldie. As I said, oldie better goodie. And we also have on the show uh, our first guest for today. We have um, our screen media guru, Jess Belangzatagi. Are you with us, Jess? Yes, I am. Hi, Nicole. How yes. Are you going? How are you going, Jess? Barbara here too. Hi, Barbara. Lovely to have you with us. I know you've been very, very busy, so we feel very, very privileged to have this little snippet of time (laughs) with you today. Always Um, delightful to chat with you. (laughs) (laughs) We hope so. We hope so. We hope you keep coming back. Um, But you had some conversations. We had some conversations earlier about Halloween and thought that might have (laughs) been some theme of our conversation today. Yes, which is... uh, Probably not much of a surprise to the listeners. (laughs) I tend to to enjoy talking about scary movies at every time of the year, but (laughs) Halloween has uh, just been. So um, it's been, uh, you know, an excuse to have a concentrated scary movie watch and all the horror movies that have been much anticipated do tend to come out around this time of year. So that's what I've been busy doing the last couple of weeks. Well, you'd be loving that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> right up the Jess Belangzatagi horror genre. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so there are a couple of new releases that are creating a lot of buzz. It's actually been the season for sleeper horror hits. Oh. So these movies that have been creating a lot of buzz and achieving really good box office results despite having quite low budget. Uh, and two of these films in particular have really surprised me. Um, and one of them is uh, Barbarian, which 
it has oh, been creating a lot of energy on social media. Oh, yes, I've I heard about it, but I um, haven't. I'm uh, writing it down. Yes, I don't know a great deal about it. The review that um, I saw on uh, it, the real thing with Paul Turner, he was raving about it, but um, didn't go into details as, as to why it was so good. Maybe it was he was worried about you know, spoiler alerts or something. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it has got a very twisty, turny plot, so um, I won't get into too many spoilers either because okay. it's, it's one of those kind of roller coaster ride experiences where the twisty turniness of the plot is what makes it so fun particularly as a horror fan oh. it really kind of plays and messes with you basically it's an, uh, a, an airbnb holiday rental horror story right yeah. it's been so very topical yes. yes very much a story for our times and it was fitting for me because i saw it very soon after i had a very similar experience. Oh, I'll, no. I'll explain, I will explain the basics of the plot and you will be thinking, what on earth is Jess doing in her lifetime? But anyway, <laughs> it basically starts with a young woman who's played by the wonderful uh, Georgina Campbell who turns up to her holiday rental late one night um, in the pouring rain only to discover that there's no key in the lockbox <laughs> and oh. that there's someone else Staying in the house. Oh, um, this sounds like a yeah. bit of a riff of um, Summer Love or whatever as well. That, that, that oh, ABC show. Oh, you mean the ABC show? Yes, yes but I've only caught bits and pieces. Yeah, that, not quite as horrific, I don't think. But go ahead. Yes, right. Yes, yes. That, that's that's um that's actually a really interesting comparison because it's kind of playing off the same concept, isn't mm, it? It but is, but in a comedy way. Yes. Um, so this this uh, the unfortunate uh, circumstance for this young woman is that it's Bill Skarsgård who happens to be oh. staying in this, the house as well. So he's otherwise known as the terrifying Pennywise the Clown from the It franchise. Oh, he's doing lots of things in that genre at the moment. Yes, mm. yes. And he's one of those actors that just immediately gives you the kind of heebie-jeebies. He's he very good at that. gives you the chills, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's a really uncomfortable kind of ominous start. And I was on edge. Um, because, as I say, a very similar scenario happened to me only a few weeks ago. Oh, no, no, no Skarsgård appearance, luckily. But <laughs> <it's just laughs> pouring rain, very confusing and kind of ominous holiday accommodation, really late at night, so you couldn't see it properly, and it was super unclear where the door I was meant to be going in was and where there was strangers staying. Oh, so, you know, it's a very relatable experience. Well, but were you on your the, own or were you with somebody? No, no, no. I was, I was with my partner no, and oh, our two goodness. dogs, but um, okay. it was it was very, so very late at night and we yes. were having to walk the you dogs through all You don't want to navigate that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing late at night, <laughs> oh, no, especially no. when you're looking forward to a weekend and, yes. of course, we had a weekend of lots of rain. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. yes. <laughs> um, but it does take some bizarre twists and turns from there, which I definitely will not... Um, Oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it has some of the most unnerving and some of the funniest moments in a horror movie I've seen for a long time. Oh wow! <laughs> so I'm... we get us. I won't actually mention the name, although the name of the actor is on the posters. But for me, it was a surprise because I hadn't noticed his name on the poster. Ah. But we get a uh, kind of neurotic, lanky poster boy of the early two thousand right. popping up uh, right. midway through the film, and then mm. it's a major gear shift around this appearance of this actor. So. Um, yeah, it, it, it really kind of messes with your expectations. So a great kind of Halloween oh, uh, I'm popcorn intrigued. movie. I'm intrigued. Mm. I'm going to write that one down. I've, I've just been watching him in the series, um, oh, my goodness, something about the Northman or 
Norseman? Norseman. Anyway, so yes, um, that's one to, to have a look at. I actually have a, uh, my husband actually flew to New Zealand um, on Sunday and he said he caught up with Nope. And he said ah. he had lots of lovely and great things to say, although he probably got the uh, version that is for the aeroplane. <laughs> and I know they do chop, right. they censor it. chop them out, but he said he really enjoyed it. Oh, so, that's great. Well, uh, it, I mean, that movie has some great sound and visuals, though, so which probably wouldn't completely translate on no. the plane. But oh, okay. obviously it shows how good it is that it still works. It translated. On... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little. Yeah, he said uh, it, was, it was worth the watch and it was very entertaining. So, um, so thank you for that tip on that one. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear yes. that my endorsement... Um, was followed through on. That's right. We do. We do follow you through. Do this, do you, on these, yes. <laughs> we have some good tips and we have some family members writing things down and others that I say, well, actually, that's not right for your age group. <laughs> and they're like, yes. oh. <laughs> In a few years, maybe. The exactly. Barbarian, probably not one for the kids. No. No. So no. would that be an M rating or possibly even higher? Or do you um, know? I think it would be... Either M A or R. I would oh, really? Say, okay. Given the way it uh, it progresses. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, a, a slightly tamer one, although still um, quite very scary, is Smile. So this mm. one, oh yes. So, um, and, mm. and it's been making creating a lot of buzz as well. So Barbarian was written and directed by a relative newcomer called Zach Everett, mm. um, and this one is also written and directed by another relative newcomer called Parker Finn, and it's based on a short film he made. Um, and this film uh, really does live up to its title. So it's basically about this mysterious epidemic of smiling uh, people, homicidal oh smiling my people. Goodness. <laughs> Is that with Sophie uh, Bacon in it, the daughter of Kevin Bacon? Is that um, I don't believe so, unless that went under my... Oh, it's uh, so, no, you're right, actually. Sophie Bacon, who plays the therapist in the film, but I did not realise that she was the daughter of Kevin Bacon. Yes, because I saw her being interviewed by Stephen Colbert on one of his wow. shows recently. So, oh, I'm yeah. going to have to go watch it again now. <laughs> I, love, I love Kevin Bacon. I yes, did not realise that... Me too. He's, that a, he's a very good actor. Yeah. yeah. Wow, like and him. she is actually brilliant in the film. So oh, she's wow. the main character. There you go. Um, and she's playing, uh, yes, a therapist who... Uh, has a very disturbing encounter with one of her patients early oh. in the film, and again, I won't, I won't spoil it. Although some of this is in the trailer. The trailer is very um, scary. I must admit, the trailer, it is very the trailer scary. hits the so point. Yeah, th- this this movie's been um, creating buzz since that trailer came out. Uh, but <laughs> I kind of expected it would be one of those films where all the scariest bits are in the trailer, but it actually has this sustained tension all the way through, <laughs> and it doesn't try to do anything more than it needs to because that concept is just so scary. Um, yes. So, yes, it also stars um, Caitlin Stacey in a relatively minor but very important role. She's an Australian actress who I've been a fan of for quite a while. Um, she was in the comedy Please Like Me and some other oh, things yeah. as well. She, she actually was um, in Neighbours, as, well, as all oh, great really? Australian actors are <laughs> I at know some that. point. Get their grounding um, there. Yes, lest we forget, of course, because Neighbours now is no more, which yes. is very sad. Yes. Um, but it's actually Caitlin Stacey's smile that has been used <laughs> on all the posters and marketing materials. Oh. She has the most amazing, ominous, kind of dead-eyed smile. <laughs> oh. so, so that's that's been pretty big for her. I mean, she is excellent in the film as well, even though it's quite a small role. But um, it's it's been big in terms of profile for her because she's been so central to all the marketing. 
Um, and I actually found this quite a nostalgic movie in, in a cozy way, which is probably uh, not the normal response to a scary horror movie like this, but <laughs> it reminded me a lot of my favourite horror movies from the early 2000s because it picks up on a lot of tropes from early 2000s kind of um, Japanese horror movies and American oh. remakes of Japanese horror not movies. Not like The Ring and that sort of stuff? Exactly. Yeah, oh. like The Ring and all those kind of technological horror movies. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's... Clearly, uh, Parker Finn is someone who has studied the craft of oh, horror yes. movies of the early 21st century and is kind of playing with a lot of those conventions. Okay. But Sophie Bacon, great. And I think, feel like I need to watch it again now knowing that she's Sophie <laughs> Bacon's daughter. <laughs> it kind of, it, you know, makes me think of scary clown movies, you know, because mm. clowns are always smiling, but, you know... You know, there's something there sinister, little, there's some something of, sinister or some creepy about it. Mm. So yes, I can just, yes. Im, I'm just imagining some of that emotion. <laughs> oh yes, yes, they do it very well. And there are so many um, jump scares, which are usually considered to be a sign of poor horror filmmaking, but they really do kind of elevate it to an art art form. In this film, they've got these agonisingly suspenseful kind of jump scares, all organised around <laughs> the smiling. Menace. Oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, it's definitely again. I recommend it as a kind of fun Halloween popcorn movie. It probably won't stay with you at all, but it, it's a fun one. <laughs> uh, well, I, I have two little people at home. I know possibly not for them either, but mm-hmm. um, jump scares are kind of the thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. especially if you're a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, where you've got these cute little rabbits oh, yeah. and, and teddy bears running around and then they just appear with their teeth out. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, a movie is being made based on that game as yes, well. Yes, I know, oh, really? and they are looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they'll be old enough by the time it comes out. It has been waiting. But they, I think been they've been waiting for a long time. Yeah, for a very long time. And one yeah. of them has a, a new virtual reality game and it's it's even scarier when you actually physically turn around. Oh dear! And that they're there. Too much. Like, uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> what about the real live pet rabbit? <laughs> yeah, I know the, the real life pet rabbit is is much more desirable uh, than than this um, virtual reality game. But um, yeah, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. Okay, so yes, <laughs> could be. Well, a if good they one. need something, actually, I wouldn't recommend this one for kids either. But. Mm. There was a bit of a Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff made um, last year. I think it came out. Willie's Wonderland. Okay. Cage. Yes. <laughs> um, and it is has got pretty much the exact same concept around mm. a guy trapped in um, a, a, a knockoff kind of Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Oh, right. With the animatronic. Yes, um, the animatronics. Mascots. But uh, again, probably not particularly child friendly that one. <laughs> <laughs> The 15-year-old's going, woohoo, I can do MA+. Plus. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's 15, isn't it? 15 and above. I'm just trying to get re- yes. used to my categories anyway. It's like, well, parental guidance still prevails. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So there's some um, Halloween. Like, you could, if you want to extend your Halloween, you could extend it out a little bit further if you haven't – or if you're, if you're interested. Yes. Well, and on, on Netflix, there's some, some great stuff as well at the moment. Um, there's um, The Midnight Club, which is a new show by Mike Flanagan, who's created a lot of those great Netflix original horror shows. Mm. And also um, Yemo Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which is an anthology oh, uh, television show. I read show. that. I read that along mm. with my son. And I remember reading it thinking it's a kid's kind of book, and we're reading it, and I'm like – 
this is creepy. <laughs> and we'd read a chapter a night because it's obviously, you know, an anthology of just stories. So we're really excited about that coming out. Yes, well, it's, it's very, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's typical of anthologies where different episodes are going to meet different tastes because, mm. um, and, and for me, quite hit and miss because they've got a different director that uh, Guillermo del Toro is kind of, hand-picked and curated this selection of okay. directors, including Jennifer Kent, who's the Australian director who, uh, behind Babadook and uh, ah, The Nightingale. Oh, yes. I haven't actually got up to her episode yet, but I'm excited to get to it. Yes. Uh, so there's a great selection of directors there, but it's, yeah, the typical hit and miss of, of a horror anthology, but mm, yes. very high production value. Well, was he behind, um, is it The Shape of Water? Yes, yeah. that's The Shape of Water, Which I really uh, one liked. of my favourite yes. films, The Devil's Backbone. That's an earlier one. Oh, no, 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 and no, Labyrinth no. as well. Yeah, yes, oh, Labyrinth, yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that one yeah. too. Oh, that's... Yeah, so some great Halloween uh, content out there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and did you see the um, the latest Jamie Lee Curtis one, uh, the, the final? No, I actually haven't mm-hmm. seen the actual Halloween, Halloween Ends, I believe it's called. Yes. Uh, um, I, I fell asleep. For a large chunk of the previous Halloween sequel. Oh, did oh you? wow. So okay. I thought maybe I won't see this one in cinemas in case that happens again. <laughs> okay. Like, so, my it's, money's worth. so it's that entertaining. I might well, believe that. Yes. I wouldn't recommend that. Was the, I can't remember what the second last sequel was called. Um, I haven't watched any. I have no, to say. I, must, I, I do like Jamie I've Lee, watched, but I'm not a big fan of them. Of that I might have watched sort of maybe series. the very first one, but that's about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, the first, the first is definitely the best. Yeah. Okay. Very stretched out Leave franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of scary things, Jess, um, have you caught The Good Nurse on Netflix, by any chance? No, I haven't seen that one, actually. Mm. Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain, based on the mm-hmm. true story about uh, this nurse who, um, put it this way, uh, didn't really have the welfare of patients um, as uh, to- top of his priority oh, list. But, uh, <laughs> yes, anyway, but yeah, it's um, yeah, look, it's, it's well done. But yeah, as you would imagine, it's, it's quite disturbing even, because it's even a true more story. scarier because it is it's true. true. That's yes. right. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, I think I've talked in the past about um, Doctor Death. Yeah, oh yes, which is the the te- television series. Yes. I really struggle with those uh, medical malpractice yeah. stories based yeah. in reality. Yes. But uh, I am very intrigued, Barbara, so I will at least watch the trailer and see if it looks like something I can handle now you've mentioned it. Yeah, no, look, it, it is worth seeing, but as I say, it's uh, not, uh, not a laugh a minute as, as you would expect. So <laughs> maybe you've got to make sure you're in the right frame of mind so that if you're having a bit of a bad day, might, might not suggest that one at all. Okay, right. No, okay. No. I'll, skip it for, I'll skip it for now and wait till I'm in the yeah. right frame of mind. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be an idea when you're on holidays maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, appreciate it. Well, we've got some some good little tips there. We thank you so much for your time, Jess, and I know that it's it's been a tricky day. So um, we again really appreciate all of that. So the barbarian, oh, always a pleasure. The barbarian smile. and smile, yes. Uh, and next time, um, we'll we can talk about some festive I Christmas so. releases, maybe to change gears a little bit. Oh yes, I think that's that's definitely on cue. Where I'm still getting my head around the fact that it is it is that season it um, is indeed i know I'm, I'm the trying christmas to trees are it. up all over the place <laughs> I know. exactly <laughs> and um you know of course the british film festival is up and running too it's about to finish fairly soon too i saw a I saw Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, but um, something light and frivolous uh, the other day. <laughs> Love the title. Yeah, yeah cute. No, on a book. very yeah, English. Right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Um, so lovely to have you on the show. And yes, let's talk festive, 
festive shows um, in our next uh, catch-up, so hopefully uh, in December. Um, So have a good rest of your evening, Jess, and again, thanks so much for um, joining us. Thanks, Jess, and good luck with all that um, academic marking and things you have to do. Thank you very much. I'll need it. Thank you. Very good. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. And that was The Wonderful Lose Your Head by London Grammar. Before that, we had Great Summer um, soundtrack by Vance Joy. We love Vance Joy. Getting some Australian (laughs) uh, music there under our belts. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara and it is two minutes past five o'clock. Thank you for reminding me, Nicole, because you realise that November is Australian Music Month. Ah, I did not know that. I'm I'm, psychic. I am. (laughs) It's just streaming that through my consciousness in the background. So that's quite nice. It is. Good for you. (laughs) Got a couple of songs there lined up in, in amongst others. Fantastic. Um, can I quickly mention a couple of things too before we chat to Cuppy? Yes, please. Um, yes, I just want to remind people that uh, some interesting musical birthdays around now, including um, Katie Lang, Catherine Dawn Lang, um, Art Garfunkel, um, Joni Mitchell, and Neil Young. Uh, so, quite a, an interesting line of scorpionic talent. And um, also, um, we, we uh, I meant to mention the other day, the last time we were in actually a couple of weeks ago, Chrissy Amphlett had a birthday on the 27th of October, the late great Chrissy Amphlett too. So, um, yeah, remembering um, all her uh, all her wonderful and great contribution to Australian music as well. Yeah, great singer. Love her. Um, lots of uh, music from my youth growing up. Yes, and, uh, not that long ago. <laughs> yes, it's just, just yes, a wink ago. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also want to send um, cheers to um, Jacinta, our um, beloved... Um, host and uh, colleague, co-host, and um, we've got our fingers crossed because I think she's about this week, any time now, is about to become my grandma. Oh. Yes, yeah, so we're thinking of you all, Sunny and uh, James, and uh, yes, looking forward to hear the good news. Yes, that's very, very exciting. Um, I wonder what she would like to call herself. <laughs> I'm not sure grandma's on the list. I think it was a Mama J. <laughs> Mama J which sounds pretty funky. Oh, that's a bit funky and cool. Mm. That's more like Jacinta, I think. Yes, so, I think so. Yeah. yeah so, and, and a very, yeah, it's a very young grandma she is. She well, will be too. Absolutely. So, yes. Absolutely. She must have been 12. <laughs> a child bride. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, also, I want to mention um, our friend of the show, um, Dr. Francis Devlin Glass, who's a, a, an expert, uh, particularly on um, uh, Bloomsday and uh, the Ulysses novel by the uh, late great James Joyce. She's got a very interesting um, program coming up, or lecture, shall I say, coming up next Saturday, the 12th of October. I don't know if you've heard about this, Nicole, but uh, for those who want to no. become more acquainted with the book, which is. Um, a heck of a read, and I must admit I haven't read all of it. Um, but it's, um, anyway, a, a famous book with good reason. And she's uh, holding a special lecture uh, next uh, this coming Saturday. Um, at uh, on the, That's the 12th of November. And it's at the Kathleen, uh, Catherine Sign uh, Library. Um, and uh, that's in, I believe, that's in Carlton. And... Um, for you know, basically, it's all part of the uh, celebrations for um, the hundredth for the hundredth birth of um, James Joyce. It's on from ten a.m. to four thirty p.m. Saturday, the twelfth of November. The Kathleen Sign Library at two five one Faraday Street in Carlton, and presented by Associate Professor Francis Devlin Glass, and she's the director of Bloomsday Melbourne, and Dr. Steve Carey, and 
Anyway, it's a fundraiser for Bloomsday in Melbourne, enabling them to pay the director, actors and staff for a Bloomsday for the Bloomsday Theatrical Productions, and every cent is going straight to them. And Ulysses was published in Paris on James Joyce's 40th birthday, 2nd of February 1922. So it's actual fact, yes, the centenary of uh, when the book was published. And so, um, anyway, uh, what's, what's going to be covered on the day? Session one, what's it all about? Session two, a startling new kind of literary work. Break for lunch. Session three, themes in Ulysses. Session four, Joyce as master comedian. So that sounds like a fascinating uh, afternoon, actually, a fascinating day. And you can book by going um, to httpwsevents.humanitics.com forward slash introduction to Ulysses or just go to Bloomsday, uh, the website, and they should uh, tell her about it. It costs $90. And... Um, Anyway, it sounds like it'd be quite a fascinating event. That sounds like a great event to get along to, and especially Mm. if you're a a fan. um, Lots of good information, I imagine, being shared there as well. Indeed. So quite a nice one. So as you you described, Ulysses for Everyone, a guided tour. (laughs) Anyway, so sounds like fun. It goes goes through all the detail just in case you missed a few points there. Exactly. I think it takes a few reads. I think it does, and it seems to be the the book that keeps on giving, and I think that even Dr Frances Edwin-Glass said she still finds new things about it after all these years. (laughs) There's always something different to discover. So, um, yeah, look forward to... um, Doing all about that one. I'll be checking that out as well. Exactly. Um, also, um, our friends at the Melbourne Theatre Company um, have The Lady in the Van, the famous Ooh. the famous play which was turned to a film, the famous play by yes. Alan Bennett. You might remember the film yes. with Maggie Smith. Yes, I yes. have seen the film. And, uh, yeah, great film. Yes. And uh, a funny and a, and, a, and, a, and a tragic true story, a bit of a, a, bit of a comedy drama. Yeah. Uh, but that's running through. Um, anyway, based on the true story of, of Alan Bennett, the playwright, um, who... <laughs> who basically um, had his life changed um, uh, in a dramatic fashion uh, when a um, rather eccentric, colourful character who was living in um, in the street where he was in a van um, he, and he kindly invited her to uh, to come and park the, the van in his driveway. It was supposed to be just for a, t- a short period of time, but she ended up staying there for 15 years. So, yes, yeah, just so a short period of time. Just perhaps he slightly overstated the welcome, <laughs> you might say. But anyway, they, the two of them had a, an interesting relationship and she actually had a fascinating history, but um, anyway, good old Melbourne Theatre Company, they're, uh, they're rising to the challenge and they're presenting that until the 12th of November, uh, which is finishing up on Saturday. So we hope to get along to see that before it closes and check out the website for more details about that. Sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, a couple of little things from the lovely Whitehorse News oh, yes. is that it's National Recycling Week, oh, or right. second week of November, oh, um, and we invite the community to celebrate this year's Recycling Week with some simple but impactful tips I'd like to share. So don't bag it. Keep your recyclables <laughs> loose in your yellow lid bin as plastic biodegradable compostable mm. rubbish bags don't actually buy. Plastic biodegradable composting rubbish bags don't belong in the recycling bins. Um, keep soft plastics out of your yellow lid bin. This includes plastic bags, glad wrap, chip packets. Many major supermarkets have disposable options for soft plastics, which is great. Um, Explore recycling hubs around Whitehorse. Did you know you can recycle batteries, mobile phones, light globes, x-rays at the Whitehorse Civic Centre, Forest Hill Council, Customer Service Centre at Forest Hill, Chase and the Box Hill Customer Service Centre at the Box Hill Town Hall. 
not far from where we are. Interesting. Um, small electronic e-waste items such as cords, computer devices, keyboards can also be recycled at the Civic Centre. Um, wish cycling, not recycling. Oh, I've yeah, heard this one. term, wish cycling. Mm-hmm. We all want to believe certain items can be put in the yellow lid bin, but often they can't be. Examples include clothing, textiles or smashed crockery. It is also not okay to put chairs, pot plants or other unwanted items in your nature strip um, in the hope that someone might collect it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wish cycling. Visit our website for disposal options and that's www.whitehorse.vic.gov.au forward slash rubbish hyphen recycling. Mm. Yes. So National Recycling Week, think about what you put in your rubbish bin. Are you filling it to the brim every week or waiting for it to be um, taken away or are you doing really well and only need to put it out every second time, you know? Um, Yes, So that is a good thing to think about as well. It is indeed. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, And also um, I wanted to remind people that – there are, well, maybe we'll head, that, head off into some entertainment after we've spoken to Cuppy. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing when I possibly can the latest um, uh, exhibition at the Loom Gallery, the 3D Ooh, Gallery, yes. which is Monet. Yes. Uh, hot on the heels of um, the Van Gogh, the Van yes. Gogh exhibition. Van, Monet just sounds like the perfect art to put on the, in that Oh, loom. I think so. I think it would be beautiful there. I think so. Yeah. Um, and have, did you see the one at the National Gallery years ago? They had a Monet's Garden, which was absolutely yes. amazing. Yes. It's very extensive and beautiful. It was indeed. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to checking out uh, a slightly different um, different take on that exhibition too at, um, down at uh, the Loom Gallery, which is at, down at the um, Convention Centre, I think. That's right. Just the there, old so. Jeff Shed. Yes, exactly. We call it the Convention mm. Centre now. I think it's been, right. It hasn't been called that for a while now, has it? I don't think um, so. It's, uh. it's a name that's stuck. But it is <laughs> 11 past five and we do need to get on to our second guest, which is coming up shortly. Kapi Nambia from Nambia Hogg Family Law will be joining us um, to be talking about the Bank of Mum and Dad. So I want to know more about that. Hopefully you're intrigued Um, and we'll get her on the line just shortly. Um, Here we go. Here's a little bit of Coldplay, My Universe, to set us off. And that was My Universe by Coldplay and BTS. Um, A very unique combination of artists there. It is 15 minutes past five o'clock. And we have our next guest on the line, the wonderful Kapi Nambia, friend of the show, who has been keeping us up to date on all things to do with family law at uh, Nambia Hogg Family Law. And today she's going to be speaking to us about the Bank of Mum and Dad. Um, are you with us, Cuppy? Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> Hi, Cuppy Barbara. Yeah, I just want to know if the Bank of Mum and Dad was involved in the Royal Commission. As far as we know, not, we hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I know, a very, very interesting one. I thought that was a nice, curious topic because I wanted to know more and then when I read a little bit about uh, that, I realised, yes, I can hear where that's coming from. So you'll have to tell us more. So, so Cuppy, what, okay. what is this bank of mum and dad? I'm, <laughs> I'm worried that I'm going to get hijacked here somehow by my children. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, I'm worried about the same thing. <laughs> warning, warning. So as, as, as you probably guessed, it, it's a colloquial term. Um, for parents who are financially helping their children. 
Um, in a family law context, it's often where mum and dad are providing funds to adult children to help them often to buy a house, um, sometimes to renovate, um, sometimes to help to prop up a business that has some cash flow problems. Um, so essentially, it's mum and dad helping adult children financially. Um, but you might be interested to know that last year there was an article in the Australian Financial Review and they published an article that was called Bank of Mum and Dad Becomes Top 10 Mortgage Lender. Oh. Um, so can you believe that the Bank of Mum and Dad was the ninth largest lender in Australia? So it came wow. ahead of, um, of A&P, for example. Really? Wow. Yep. So lots of kids are hitting up their parents. Um, for funds, and we see it all the time in practising family mm. law. Mm. Wow. But it can be sometimes a fraught thing, can't it, Cappy? It certainly can. It's not without its risks mm. um, for everybody involved. Yes. Yeah. So, so the reason it's so popular is because, as you know, the, the prices, residential property prices in Australia have, have absolutely skyrocketed yeah. in recent years. Um, there aren't enough properties available, particularly for young people. They're finding it really difficult to get into the housing market. Um, and, of course, interest rates are doing crazy things at the moment too. Mm. Very so, much so. There's so mum and dad stepping in where, um, where their millennial kids um, aren't able to get loans from the bank. Mm. I, I'm I'm looking to hit my kids up for a loan. Is there a reverse? <laughs> if there's a reverse bank of bank of children, the bank of the kids, <laughs> the lesser known, yeah, bank yeah. Of wealthy children. Well, I'm thinking 25 to 40 year olds. You know, I think there'd be some. Mm. I, I imagine there should be some cashed up people in that age bracket, mm -hmm. but maybe well, that not that pocket so money you've invested is yes, yeah, like return yes. on that. <laughs> I hope they realise they'll be supporting me in my old age. Yes, yes. I, Not just emotionally. I keep reiterating that because I have sons. Yes, yes. You and me both, Nicole. And yes. my, my younger son said to me recently, don't worry, Mum, I'll put you in a nice home. Oh, no. What a thoughtful boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, yes, yes. I said to my husband, yes, uh, we've spoken, but I think we need to speak to the kids about what we would like there. That's another family law. Um, that's another session, I think. Yes, I think We need so. to have another session around that. Um, so, so obviously there's some issues when uh, there's relationship breakdowns with this bank of mum and dad. Relationship breakdowns of the married couple. Of the married couple. And not mum and dad. <laughs> yes, we are not. Or, or possibly when it's mum and dad. That, that could be both, be yes. Too. Yes, yes, that's mm. right. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, um, Nicole. There can be issues. So um, the family court has has pretty extensive powers when it's determining financial matters between uh, between married couples and de facto couples, which we've talked about. We've touched on uh, under lots of different um, topics when, we, when we've talked on this show previously. Um, but what we're finding is because the bank, the bank of mum and dad has become so popular, we're, we're, we're getting more inquiries from parents wanting to know how do they protect their money if they, if they give it or load it to their children and then the, child, um, the, the child's relationship then deteriorates. Yes. Yeah. So okay. one, one of the really important things that we look at in that context is, is on what basis the funds were provided to the child. Mm -hmm. So... So was the money a gift or was it a loan? Uh, and, okay, and the reason we ask those questions is because there's, 
there's a difference between the how, how the court will treat money that's been loaned to people by their parents mm. and money that's been gifted yes. um, when they're when they're trying to disentangle finances between a couple when they separate. Mm -hmm. So if it's a gift, essentially, um, the funds are more likely to be treated as a contribution by one of the parties. So if it was your parents who gave you the money, then you might get an adjustment when you separate from your spouse because it's a contribution that you've made via your parents. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, it depends on uh, how it's treated will depend on a number of different factors. For example, when it was received, you know, how close to the beginning or the end of the relationship. But, um, but essentially, it will be treated as a contribution, which means that the party who received it won't get that back dollar for dollar out of their property settlement, but okay. they will get an adjustment. So it will probably be a percentage adjustment to reflect that they, they brought in that gift. Okay. Um, on the other hand, if it was a loan and the parents genuinely expect to have that money paid back to mm. them, then it's more likely that it's going to be counted in as a liability of the parties. Mm. So it will have to be repaid. So, of course, it will then reduce the value of the pool that they have to divide yes. mm. um, because there's a debt. And often mm. what will happen is the person whose parents lent the money will say, I'll take on that loan. Therefore, what I'm getting in my hands is, is worth less. Um, mm. So I'll then pay that debt back to my parents. Okay. Right. And is this a loan with interest, or will that depend on the um, the agreement in the first place? What was agreed to? I guess. Well, that is a superb question, Barbara. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so the way, so what that leads to is how, how do we go about protecting this investment, whether yes. it's a gift or a loan? Um, and the safest way to protect the money is um, to have a written agreement. So. So when you talk about the, um, the circumstances of the loan, one option is that you can have a loan agreement. So the parents lend the money to the children, there's a written loan agreement, hopefully they have it drafted properly by a solicitor so that it's commercially enforceable, mm. um, and it includes things exactly like what you've just asked, so how much is being lent, what's the purpose of the loan, is, there an in is interest being paid, um, what's the term of the loan? And sometimes it might be it has to be repaid within five years. Yes. Sometimes it will be when that property is sold. So you mm -hmm. know, if it's a deposit for a house, when you sell the house, the parents say you can pay us back at that point. Yes. Um, is there a repayment schedule in it? What's the security? So is it secured against the house that the, that the kids are buying? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, in answer to your question, it should include um, compliance with all of the, the normal sorts of terms and conditions um, that, a, that a, any other kind of commercial loan would include. Mm. And I bet um, you that's not the case in many <laughs> circumstances. Well, what we often find, Nicole, is that um, money's handed over. It probably was a gift to start off with, but yes. then when, when people separate, it suddenly becomes a loan. Yes, um, yes. And mm. then people want to start waving loan agreements around that were drawn up well after the money was advanced. Uh, yes. Yeah, so mm -hmm. some of those things, and sometimes that's legitimate, but it, it becomes more complicated. Um, one of the other things that parents can do, and we don't see it as regularly as, as just having the loan agreement, but they can register a mortgage over a property that their children own. And so they can secure their money in exactly the same way as any other bank can do it. Okay. okay yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah, wow. So, so basically, the more commercially enforceable um, and legitimate the loan appears to be, the more likely it's going to be taken into account as a loan. Yes. I guess the 
only benefit then is really the interest rate <laughs> can be exactly it can be uh, yeah. negotiated there as well. Yeah, and look, sometimes that's why um, why kids go to the bank of mum and dad because mm. they are legitimately going to pay the money back. But yes. often parents will loan the money interest free, yes. or you know they'll give them a really good like you know for example, how often can you get a loan from a bank that you don't have to repay until you sell your house? Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. So you know the terms can be much more favourable, but yes. as long as it's properly documented, right. um, it, it, it can still be legitimate. <clears throat> And I guess, excuse me, Cap, I don't know if this is really your area, but sometimes some of these loans can come with strings attached. I mean, we all know about emotional blackmail and that sort of thing, don't we, with uh, <laughs> certain behaviour, how you know, where the children should be going to school or what should be happening in certain circumstances. You can sometimes be buying into some complicated issues, can't you? Right. It's difficult to put those things in a loan agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I guess you should try and cover all contingencies. Yes, because some people, yeah. well, we know that some parents can be very, con- some parents can be very generous, but some parents can be very controlling. Sometimes, um, yeah. yeah, so and it can cause some uh, some problems. Yes. Yeah, no, nothing's ever free, is it? That's right. No, no such thing as a free lunch, I guess. No, no, that's right. no exactly right. Yes, not at all. <laughs> but so. if you're if you're writing these things down, you said if the things are in black and white, that's certainly going to help make things possibly less complicated than they could be. And so, and, and, and along those lines, the other, the other way that you can protect uh, an investment where, you, where you're giving money to your children um, is with a binding financial agreement. Okay. So, again, writing things down. Yes. Um, often used in conjunction with a loan agreement, people um, will have a binding financial agreement between, um, between the adult child and their spouse. Yes. Um, and I think we've, we've talked about binding financial agreements before on the show. Yes. And Essentially, what they are is a private agreement, which is in substitution of what would normally happen under the Family Law Act when when parties separate. So they can have mm-hmm. some control over yep. the way things are going to work, um, mm-hmm. and they can do. As, as I think you know, they can have a prenup, which they can do before the relationship commences. Um, if the monies are advanced during the course of an existing relationship, mm-hmm. they can have an agreement drawn up during, yes, um, or they can have one at the end. Um, what we're finding is that when parents are uh, handing funds over to their kids, they're asking their kids to enter into a, a BFA with their spouse as a condition of receiving that money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, have... we'll give you this money, we'll hand over this money, yes. but we want to make sure it's going to be protected so that if your husband or wife or you know, if your spouse leaves at some point, mm. they don't take away the money that we've given because that was intended to be a loan to you or a gift to you yes. and not both of you. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and then it sort of it begs the... You know how many people do this without seeking advice? Mm. You know, so yeah, yes, that, like an informal arrangement. Exactly. It'll be just fine. Oh, you know, Everyone's happy yeah, now. We'll just get this, mm. yes. you know, and, that, and that'll be great. And mm. it's just a very informal conversation. And yes. of course, I'll loan you that money. And of course, there's mm. nothing going to happen to this relationship. <laughs> and, exactly. And yeah. of course, we haven't even thought about seeking advice around mm. this because everything's yeah. hunky dory at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's right. And of course. I mean, yes. you know, if you're if you're handing money over to your children, of course you're hoping that, that there's going to be a happy ever after for them. That's right. Um, and um, and so you might not think about it in that way, but mm. and, and it does happen a lot. It happens a lot because often it arises when people are separating and they yes. come to us and say, "Oh, and then there's that money that my parents gave us." Yes. Mm. And that's, mm. yeah, often forgotten probably at, you know, thinking it's just a, a thing that's happened just amongst the family and, and yeah, not really exactly. conversational. Is there, yeah. is there, is it, is it all amounts? So from, you know, 
a dollar to <laughs> a property value, you know, that kind of thing, or, you know. Yeah, it's, well, you know, obviously the more money involved, the more likely there's going to be some sort of disagreement about it. Yes, um, yes. And, 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 you know, and it needs to be um, spending money to, you know, to set up a loan agreement or a mortgage or to do a binding financial agreement. Um, you know, it, it's usually because there's enough money at play yes. that you that you think it justifies spending the money on legal fees to set it up properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind of in that, you know, what should we do before before operating the 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 bank of mum and dad? It sounds yeah. like advice is one of those key key things that they should check in with. And Absolutely. Is, is there another way around this too? Possibly just a, um, perhaps a tangent off this topic. What about going guarantor for your kids um, or for your child and your your child's spouse in terms of getting a loan for a property too. I mean, that's is that possibly a way of avoiding some of these issues? Or um, well, yes and no, because mm. again, um, if the, if the parties separate, and then who's going to end up with the property, and can it be refinanced, right. and yep. can we release the parents from the guarantee? So again, before before providing any sort of financial support, whether it's loaning or gifting or going guarantor, yes. certainly mum and dad should be getting legal advice. Yes. Um, and the adult children should too, to make sure that their parents' investment is protected. Um, and, you know, of course, as with anything, the mm. more advice you get at the beginning and the more clear everybody's expectations are yeah. um, and and the more you have things committed to writing in a form which is enforceable if things turn sour, yes. um, hopefully that will help to, pro- uh, to promote harmony in the family in the long run. Mm, sure. Yes, absolutely. No, I didn't even think about that guarantor because it took me back momentarily to a purchase of my first property where I said I've got this much money and dad did the bidding and and dad bid over the amount. Oh really? <laughs> and then I said, so dad you're gonna have to cough up either some money <laughs> or be my guarantor. And fortunately he said he'd be a guarantor. I think the sum was something like three thousand dollars. Oh okay. Yeah. But yeah. at the time it was <gasps> you know what have you done? What have you done? Yeah. And um yeah, and uh, I didn't even think but yes that was kind of a binding legal agreement that we mm. kind of entered into for the first time and without any information or knowledge and in the spur of an auction, yes. which yes. I imagine could happen as well yes. in yes. other days time. as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, of course, you know, everybody does things with good intentions. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but the advice is um, to give you some insurance just in case things don't, don't turn out the way you planned. Mm, exactly. Yes. So having those... Um, the The advice from both parties um yes and the and the um uh i guess clear expectations and arrangements as you've outlined yeah, absolutely. there as well yeah yeah absolutely because and, and go on sorry, sorry. Kathy. I, I was just going to say that in some circumstances parents can actually be parties to a binding financial arrangement with with, with their child and the spouse um which of course you know, makes things tricky. And again, you need to, there's got to be enough money involved to justify three different parties getting separate independent legal advice and entering into an agreement. Mm. Um, but but that, can, that can happen too. And, and typically in a binding financial agreement where parents are lending money, um, what the agreement will provide is that those funds that are being provided are going to be quarantined effectively. So they'll be kept by the person whose parents uh, cost up the money and yes. not shared with the other party. Yes. 
I'm just wow. sort of thinking um, how, as you said, you're trying to look ahead and to, to cover sort of the possibilities of changes in the relationship. And, of course, just thinking about um, parents and getting older and perhaps becoming ill and having a lot of medical expenses. Um, mm. Just things like that can sort of perhaps change the way things or just they, they have to factor some of, some of these things into account. Although if they're covered with lots of things that are written down, uh, that's going to make life a lot easier for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But, you know, in the situation you just mentioned, if a parent became unwell, for example, and they couldn't afford to, uh, perhaps they needed to go into care and they couldn't stay in their home and then mm. suddenly they needed to call on that money, mm. um, you know, again, these are the sorts of things that it's best if you can sort those out at the beginning. Yes. Um, because otherwise, you know, mum and dad are going to be in a very difficult situation. They need their funds, but do they want to force their, their kids to sell their house? Exactly, yes. Um, in order to, to repay the loan. That's right. So there's those emotional issues can um, obviously you know can come into play, and um, yeah, something you have to take into account. There can be advantages and disadvantages, uh, I guess, to dealing with the bank of mum and dad, like like any situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it's um, very informative because I've I've learnt something there. <laughs> I didn't think I, this you know applied to me, but um, well, I'm thinking about the future with my kids. But uh, yeah, thinking back, it's like actually, yeah, the bank of mum and dad was alright. Yeah, bank of mum and dad's been around for a long time. It has it been around for a true. long time, exactly. and you know, very fortunate to to have had that connection at some point as well. But yes, um, be be wary, um, be wary, mums and dads, and I, I particularly am concerned more about the older mums and dads out there um, that might not um, have that support. And, yes, I know Barbara's mentioned earlier around, you know, the elder abuse that can go on and mm, that's the blackmailing yes. that can go on, which can get a little <clears throat> bit nasty. But let's let's assume that most bank of mum and dads don't don't get into that. Mm. But, uh, but you're, you're, at least if you've got lots of things written down, it is a protection um, it is. for everybody. It yeah. is. Yeah, that's right. And if mum and dad go and get their own advice, you know, separate from the children, then hopefully at least they understand what the risks are. Yes. Um, and they can make an informed decision about whether or not it's something that they want to enter into. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, Cuppy, if they'd like to get more information on this, where can people get in contact with you at Nambia Hog? Um, so I think you've got our you've got the details for our landing page. They can either I um, have. have a look at that. They can give us a call. They can send us an email. Um, and um, do you, I think you have those on your we, Facebook page. Yes, and we will. Right? Yes, um, so we've got nambiahog.com.au um, is the web page from which everything else can land from there. So, That's right. Um, yes, if you need some advice on that, that bank of mum and dad, um, the ninth biggest <laughs> lender. Um, <laughs> Wow, who knew? That was that's new information yes, for me quite as amazing. well. Amazing, and actually, Cappy, yeah. sorry, just before you go, I just want to ask. Yeah. Some people might also think, I guess, and uh, they might think, well, look, we're not going to um, leave uh, the, the, the kids or you know one particular kid um, money in the will, but we'll help them at the moment with their house, and then so later yeah. on when, when things are sorted out, when the, the parents have passed, um, you know, that's all sorted out, and there's, there are no hard feelings in terms of well, you know, you weren't left anything in the will because mum and dad helped you out earlier, sort of thing. So yeah, you know, they can get right. complicated, can't it? Yeah, and that's a very common scenario too. Yes, I can imagine it could be. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so the more questions you ask, and the more advice you get, the better you reckon it'll be. Yes, absolutely right. Great. Thank you so much Thanks for that. Again, always informative and always very clear as well. So, um, thank you so much for that information, and um, hopefully the listeners 
benefit as well as us as we well, have I our conversations so. as well. So, um, Kick up, yeah, and we'll thanks. talk to you before Christmas. We will we hopefully hope. talk yes. to you before yeah. Christmas. I can't believe the year's going away. So we'll we'll have a December <laughs> show. Know. We're trying to think of Christmassy themes, but yes. Uh, yes, we'll we'll check back in with you in December. But thanks again so much for coming on the show. Have a good thanks evening. Thanks a lot, Cappy. Bye for now. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And before that, the wonderful Cuppy Nambia from Nambia Hog Family Law, who has joined us regularly for the past few months and beyond um, with some really interesting topics. And that was around the bank of mum and dad and what to be aware of when you might be loaning from there. The ninth biggest lender in the country. Yes. <laughs> was for those of... Um, Got uh, uh, wealthy parents and generous parents. It can be uh, it can be a big help, but then, as you say, it's not without its pitfalls. Nicole. That's exactly right. So um, very very informative. So uh, make note, everyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Barb, entertainment news. Yes. Well, I was lucky enough the other night, Nicole, to get along to see the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, how you wonderful! Heard of it. <laughs> just just that that <laughs> old thing. Yes. Yeah, vaguely. Not not really. Uh, Yes. Well, it's been a long time since it's been in Melbourne. And you realise that I think it ran for the longest period of time initially when it was, yeah, uh, gosh, 20 or more years ago. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, and of course, we spoke to Marina Pryor. We did. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she was in the She's role of Christine. Joy. Yes. Yes, we had a lovely chat I saw that her. Episode, yes. that particular performance. Yes. yes. And she was in that role for three years. So anyway, it was a um, very successful, long-running show uh, in Melbourne and all over the world, it would seem, of course. Uh, so I think he was uh, Andrew Lord Webber, then became Sir Andrew Lord. I think he's Lord Webber now. Anyway, I can't keep up oh, with it. wow. But anyway, um, the production um, is a lovely one at the State Theatre. Um, and basically um, it's, well, it's never been at the State Theatre before as far as I know. And when you and I have seen it, I think we were at the Princess Theatre. Yes. Now, Beautiful. I have to do, it is at the magnificent. And of course, all that history and all this, the stories about, <clears throat> excuse me, the ghosts of the theatre and so on. Um, so they, they did actually enhance the production, but the state did a, you know, does a pretty wonderful job and magnificent sets and costumes and, of course, the wonderful orchestra. And there is that the focal point of the chandelier in the middle of the auditorium, which it they is. have cleverly rigged up. Ah, um, it is yes. beautiful, that. Yeah, so that's, um, that plays a, a pivotal role, a chandelier, without giving too much away if you haven't yes. seen it. But anyway, this uh, very talented Australian cast um, is led by Josh Pitterman in the coveted lead role of The Phantom and Amy Manford... Um, is uh, taking on the role of the ingenue Christine Day. And Blake Burton plays Raoul Vicomte de Chagny. So there's a bit of a love triangle here, um, the famous and the notorious love triangle um, that we know of. And um, and then Australian musical theatre star what David Whitney plays Monsieur Furman. Andy Morton turns the stage as Monsieur Andre. And soprano Giuseppina Grec plays Carlotta Guidicelli. And Matt Jury is played by Jade Westerby. And uh, classical crossover artist Paul Taboni plays Ubaldo Piangi, a newcomer Metawat, plays young ballerina Meg Giri. And there's a very talented ensemble cast as well. Um, and the production is directed by Lawrence Connor with choreography by Scott Ambler and set design by Paul Brown. And the Tony Award winning original costume designs by Maria Bjornsson. And lighting design by Tony Award winner Paul Constable. And the sound design by Mick Potter. And of course, the music is by Andrew Lord Webber. The lyrics by Charles Hart and additional lyrics by Richard Stilgo. Uh, the book is by Richard Stilgo and, and Lord Weber. And um, this uh, production is overseen by Matthew Boone and Cameron McIntosh. Now, this uh, production um, uh, is uh, directed by Seth Sklar-Hain and is presented by Opera Australia. 
in association with really useful group. And it's running until February. So it could be a good one for the school holidays, the Christmas holidays. What do you think, Nicole? Oh, I think that would be awesome. Yes, I, I think would, so. I think my kids would love that. And yeah. particularly the amazing chandelier yes, scene. Yes, Just be careful um, where you're sitting. I must admit, my friend and I, we were glad. We were a little, little to the side of the back. Because yes. if you were underneath <laughs> it, I imagine it could be quite frightening. A little bit um, nerve-wracking. I, yes. But anyway, we have it's quite fascinating to see. <laughs> I, I've wondered whether they have taken that out, you know, with updated versions mm, of the show. No, no, but it's obviously so ingrained now. It's, it is. People are waiting for yes. it. Well, we have great faith in the technical expertise of the people at the Arts <laughs> Centre. There were no nasty and incidents no, or accidents no, Absolutely but, uh, not. But, um, of course, you know, the, the wonderful songs we know from it are the music of the night. And um, that's all I ask of you. And uh, anyway, the, the list goes on and on. Um, and uh, yes, as people have said, you know, extremely hummable. And uh, for those people who've never been to the opera, um, it might be a, an interesting introduction because, of course, there are all these little snippets of, of operas uh, throughout the show. Um, but we're really seeing um, what life is like behind the scenes. And, of course, um, the curse, it seems that the the curse of the um, the Paris Opera House, as it is, in terms of the um, this uh, tormented soul, <coughs> excuse me, seems to the be ghost. haunting. Yes, the ghost, or, or is, is it a ghost? Or there's some some something is haunting yeah, the opera house. Something which is very ang- or who is very angry, um, and something who wants to control Christine, um, the uh, the young opera star. Um, anyway, as I said, it's all it's all very much about, I guess, the. The, her, the attraction that one feels for the bad boy, maybe, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> as opposed to the good boy. And uh, so it, I think it raises some interesting issues, I think, about about relationships too. Um, and uh, it's still, I think it still stands up. It, it is a classic sort of I uh, think so. classic story. It is of, a uh, classic. It really is of uh, unrequited love and um, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, highly recommended. And, um as I say, real crowd pleaser. You can understand why it's been so popular for all this time. Absolutely. Um, it is a, is a popular one. And if you haven't seen it, oh, yes. get and, along. Yes. And the friend I took had never seen it. So she was quite quite chuffed to uh, to, to, to to get along to see it. So, um, as I say, running until the 5th of February. And you can go to the Arts Centre website to find out more about that. And I've got a track there. I think we have a track there. We do, do we have a track. Let is go to this lovely track. Do you want to introduce this? Yes. This is from a, a great CD. Uh, one of my favourites, uh, featuring Barbara Streisand duets. And there's some wonderful people coming here. And this time she's, of course, with Michael Crawford, who um, has, um, uh, I think, played in this production, I think, overseas in years gone by. Um, uh, this is The Music of the Night, Barbara Streisand and Michael Crawford. And time goes very quickly here on Big Life Conversation. We are... About seven minutes to six o'clock from when Primary Perspectives takes over and entertains you for the next hour. Uh, that was a lovely tune from Phantom of the Opera of Barbara Streisand and... Michael Crawford. What a great duet. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful one there and as the well. the music of the night. Music of the night. <laughs> so get along to that production uh, if you haven't seen it. I think it's quite a treat. Sounds like it. So um, I would enjoy that. Just a slight segue in the last few minutes to talk about food and nutrition tips. This is an interesting article that came from ABC Radio Perth, actually, um, by Emma Wynn. And it was um, an article on could junk food labels displaying exercise required to burn off calories reduce obesity? And it had a couple of really interesting little um, photographs in there, such as a... 
packaging that looked like a Kit Kat that said, you know, like 209 calories, that equals 45 minutes walking <laughs> or 30 minutes running on a treadmill. Um, so food labels displayed displaying the amount of exercise needed to burn off the calories in the product are being touted as a way to reduce obesity, but not everyone is convinced. Researchers hmm. at the Lowborough University in the UK believed labelling selected selected foods with their physical activity calorie equivalent, um, called PACE, um, which tell people how much walking or running there's needed to work off the food may reduce obesity. Um, Amanda Daly, Professor of Behavioural Medicine in Lowborough University, told um, ABC Radio that pace labelling may be easier for people to understand a nutritional panel. Uh-huh. Nutritional panels are pretty tricky to understand. Oh, There's sure. a lot of information on there and people don't spend the time reading them when they pick up a product and put it in the, exactly. in the trolley. Exactly. So pace labelling is, um, is effectively trying to translate the food into energy. And just giving people a, a number of calories or kilojoules doesn't often work, but um, often the context does really help them make that decision. So, for example, you know, a packet of chips has 150 calories. What does that actually mean to you as a consumer? It's it's about, um, you know, three numbers, right? Uh, and so it is kind of a nice way to um, check in on that. Um, Professor Daly recently presented the PACE idea to International Congress on a Obesity in Melbourne in October. And while the team at Lowborough University is still trialling the PACE labelling in cafeterias and vending machines, its early findings are very promising. Um, so they've shown that when you put that labelling on in a context where people have to make decisions about food, it reduces the number of calories that the public select for consumption, which is exactly the thing that they were trying to do. So um, they've also found that the public have said that the labelling um, was introduced, it would help them think about what they would eat but also reduce their purchasing of a really high calorie food um, and the latest um, ABS or the Australian Bureau of Statistics Health Survey um, suggested that 67% of Australian adults um, and 25% of Australian children are overweight or obese so could this actually be a helpful idea mm. so really interesting one um, these the the, the labelling I saw was in very large letters um, and and was um, almost off-putting from the actual label of the This Is Yummy Chocolate where it's got in big letters, 200 calories, well, you need to run for 45 minutes. But mm. very sensible. I really like this idea. Really, really like well, this idea. Well, it's interesting because it's very timely because Magda's, Magda Zubanski's big national health check, uh, that show has just started on the ABC last Tuesday night. Uh, it's a three-part series. And it takes into account some of those things you just mentioned too. And, I think so. Uh, and I think that's a really good one to have a look at. And I'm very keen to watch that one. I've seen the advertising for yes, that one. Yes, and catch it on iView if you've missed it. Um, yeah, so thank you for that, Nicole. Yes. Now, I do have something to leave you with in the last two minutes of the show. Yes, um, this has actually been posted on our Big Life Conversation Facebook page where you find all wonderful information about the show and also a link there to our recorded versions of the show as well. Um, this is from Delicious. It's a recipe. It's called Silver Beet Fatah with mm. sumac, yogurt and chickpeas. And this is a dish that you can try with cauliflower, egg, plant roasted pumpkin instead of silver beet for a variation very simple dinner recipe to try um, and I've just put that on our Facebook page so you can check that out there uh, it basically involves some chickpeas 
um, and making some beautiful or buying some beautiful Lebanese bread, um, a really beautiful yogurt dressing, pomegranate dressing as well, and then char grilling all of these other ingredients onto the top of that, mixing it with the chickpeas. Um, the photograph looks to die for. Mm, um, and yummy. so you can put some salmon in there. And as I said, some cauliflower and a, a bunch of other things. But the spices, the Middle Eastern spices are just beautiful Fantastic. and very fresh. So. Have you got time for what gets up my nose? Oh, we have one my day? minute, so I'm going to let you do, okay, well, do that. Well, got up my nose is uh, the floods on Dining Road for the 100th year in a row. <laughs> it, um, that oh. needs to be sorted out. That's not good. No. Um, and I feel for some of the people who were severely impacted um, more so than I was driving through. Uh, also, what makes my day? Finally, Crown Casino being punished to the tune of $120 oh, yes. million. Dollars for um, behaviour, very poor behaviour in terms of not um, trying to mitigate the risk of people becoming, um, uh, shall we say, um, gambling addicts or, or not um, trying to discourage people from engaging in that kind of behaviour. So, um, yes, anyway, oh, I'm uh, going to go with those. Yes, I agree. Here, here, and I'm going to back you up on that one. Um, thank you for that one, and I'm going to post mine for, for next week. Yes. Um, mystery guest next week. Yes, a couple. Um, yes. Looking indeed. forward to speaking with you all then. Hope you've enjoyed the uh, show today. Um, have a great week. See you in the flip side. Ciao yes. for now. Bye.